It was indeed uh, both uh, a rude awakening, but also it was also funny to to see it. Hello, you're listening to the Here in Holland Story Podcast. I'm Andy Clark, and this time our theme is rude awakenings. One of the most shocking stories that happened to me in this country is going to health spa. It's not a Dutch thing, apparently, but it's in the Dutch houses. Okay, so I have been in the Netherlands for almost two years, and I'm taking Dutch lessons, but I don't yet speak Dutch. I kind of thought to myself, where am I? Am I in a third world country? I mean, this can't be right. This can't be natural. A mix of intriguing story moments from internationals this time. A collection of experiences hammering home the realization that things here are a bit different. There are stories of pain and pleasure, embarrassment and disbelief. My name is Ruba Mimi. I've been in the Netherlands for four years now. I'm Palestinian, so before coming to the Netherlands, I was all the time living in Palestine. And actually, the Netherlands is the first station in my life outside uh, outside my home country, Palestine. I came from a, I come from a very warm country, so the first impression was cold, because I was unlucky to come in a year where um, winter came too early. So in first of October. I saw that part of the water was already frozen. So that was shocking to see, to be honest. But uh, other than that, it was a very pleasant uh, impression, a very pleasant experience in the first months. The cold might have been a shock for Ruba, but that was not her rude awakening. I'll let her explain. One of the most shocking stories that happened to me in this country is going to health spa. Uh, Back home, we have the hammam. So it's similar to what they call in the West uh, the health spa. And I love it. I enjoy it very much, especially in winter. It's very nice to be inside and uh, enjoy the water a bit. So uh, we we entered those websites, which, again, were a surprise to us, where you bid and then you get vouchers to, uh, to go to uh, health spas. So we were too enthusiastic. We bought uh, vouchers for two different health spas because we love it that much. <laughs> This was so, to go for, for massage, for sauna, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. This is a place where you go for massage, sauna, jacuzzi, my favorite part. And there's usually an indoor swimming pool. So um, we went to the health, this health spa. So, of course, we had our swimming suits, our towels and everything. And we were shocked when we first got into the reception that we're not allowed to wear our swimming suits. So I was like, OK, what else? She said nothing. You need to really sleep. You need to to be inside naked, completely naked. And I was very shocked. I couldn't even imagine that this culture exists in the world, that some people go to swimming, to to health spa, enter a a jacuzzi without anything. I mean, everything is visible. (laughs) So I thought where I come from, swimming in front, you know, it's it's a mixed usually facility swimming in a swimming suit is already something you know and also swimming naked this is this is a very far step for me so um, so that was a surprise and I didn't go in and from that moment on I'm still looking always on the internet to try to find a health spa where I can wear a swimming suit and I discovered that sometimes they have one Wednesday every blah 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 where you can go to the health spa with a swimming suit But to be honest, this was one of the most shocking experiences I had in Holland to go to a health spa without completely naked. I mean, it's 
It's too open. <laughs> That's Ruber still coming to terms with the shock of the no clothes policy in the Dutch sauna. Our next rude awakening will have you wincing. Here's why it happened to me that uh, was funny early on, and it actually wasn't so funny because it was a bit painful. Um, This is John from the U.S., who's been in the Netherlands for about seven years. A story from when he first arrived. You find that when you first go to a dentist's office here in Holland, that the one thing that you notice is a little bit different from your home country is that they don't often give uh, painkiller or or Novocaine shots before they do work, um, if you can believe that. So I really wasn't expecting them to actually start drilling. Um, on my teeth uh, until I had gotten that. And and so (laughs) I thought they were still just checking around in my mouth and soon enough I heard a drill going. Um, So, and they did, they drilled uh, quite a while, um, but then they eventually hit a nerve. So I did have to, um, I think I kicked the tray actually off the stand and then um, they realized something was up and stopped and that's how, through a little bit of the tears, I was able to tell them that I needed some some painkiller. So I found that interesting. And then after it, uh, talked with some other people, and uh, it's actually not very standard here in the Netherlands to give um, Novocaine for anything other than the real substantial dental work, such as extractions and stuff like that. That was a surprise for me. And of course, uh, a lot of things you just learn um, from your own experience. And I'm telling you this so that you might not have to go through the same experience. Ask for the Novocaine up front. <laughs> Just how painful was it? <laughs> you tell me. You you have a drill. You hit a nerve. That's painful. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is I knew what was coming because I've had it happen before. I mean, um, my teeth happen to be very sensitive, so so – Growing up, there were often times uh, that even after getting a painkiller, I could feel still feel a twinge. So um, when you have the drilling going on and you can sense that they're getting deeper, um, it, it's it's an unfortunate thing to to actually have to experience it and then tell them that they've done something. Are you still at the same dentist? No. <laughs> So how does it make you feel about being in the Netherlands when you've been through something like this? Well, I kind of thought to myself, where am I? Am I in a third world country? I mean, this can't be right. This can't be natural. Um, So that was my first thought. And it's just one of those things that you just have to get used to. Um, It is what it is. And it's not like you're going to change the world and, and, and make the dental industry suddenly start giving um, uh, painkillers for all of their work. It's not going to happen. So you need to accept it and then have an answer for it, which is in your particular instance, um, you have to make sure that there's a note in your file and that there's an agreement with the dentist that they're not going to do any substantial work without having given you um, a shot of Novocaine, let's say, before it. And that's just really um, an example of adjusting uh, positively to a uh, cultural difference. That's John Graham King there from the US. It's not a Dutch thing, apparently, but it's in the Dutch houses. So apparently my toilet is a German toilet, which I didn't know existed. 
Have you ever seen a German toilet, Andy? Well, you know what? I have seen a German toilet. And you too, dear listener, will be let into the secret of exactly what that is in just a moment. Here in Holland is ambitious and wants to be the first podcast to crowdsource an episode. I want you to share your story via WhatsApp audio with me. And this is a challenge, dear listener, I want you to pass on to friends and family too. As far as I know, no one has ever done this before and it would be great to pull it off. So if you have a story, then why not share it via WhatsApp with me? The number is 06 12 42-83-87 Even if you're outside the Netherlands, you can still take part. Drop the zero and add the international code 31 at the beginning. The theme is small victories. Tell me a story of a small victory you had when first moving to the Netherlands. What was it? How did you succeed? And how did it make you feel about being here afterwards? Small victories are important in getting to feel at home in a new country. So why not share your story? And let's make the first ever crowdsourced podcast. You can also mail me a story to hereinholland at gmail.com and there are more details in the show notes and on the website hereinholland.com. OK, back to Natasha and her rude awakening. Apparently my toilet is a German toilet, which I didn't know existed. Have you ever seen a German toilet, Andy? It's got a base and then a drop-off. So whatever you deposit into the toilet stares back at you before <laughs> you flush the toilet. And I had never seen this in my entire life. And my Dutch neighbor was very quick to tell me, no, it's a German thing. Uh, but I've seen it in so many Dutch houses. So people are really interested to see if they got enough fiber in the morning, it seems. But it's a shock to the system. So I I personally, I've banned my husband to that uh, to that toilet. I do not use it at all. Okay. Now, now you mentioned it. I, I have come across that, of course. Of course I have. I've been here for 20 years. And someone explained it to me that it was to check for worms. Oh, my Wow. Um, what do you eat that you have to check for worms unless you're two years old and you're playing in sand? But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty disgusting. But, the, but uh, yeah, that, that's how Dutch generally have an obsession with, with poop. There are poop games. We're not as obsessed with bodily functions in South Africa. And I like it because it's done in a lighthearted way. But I am not used to that being <laughs> so at the forefront of cartoons and conversations like it is. Hi, my name is Nandi Mgai. I'm from Johannesburg, South Africa. I'm living in Holland now for 15 years. Fellow South African Nandi was almost swept from her feet by the pace of life and the seemingly indifferent people when she first came to the Netherlands. I came in October and uh, starting winter. Cold, gloomy, grey, dark and uh, everybody rushing to get inside. That come from summer and uh, and also different pace. So, yeah, it was a culture shock to be confronted with the rush of everybody pushing past to try to get to their next stop. People on the bike uh, rushing and um, everywhere you're going, be it on the train, be on the on the station, in supermarkets, 
everybody was just seemed to be rushing and pushing and trying to get past you to be there first. And so cutting cues. And so that was really a shock. That was a difference uh, from, from, uh, from your life in South Africa? Indeed. People tend to say, excuse me, pardon, were you here first, am I before you, or that. There was none of that here. Everybody just was cutting in and unapologetic about it. And, and I didn't quite know how to confront it, really. I would say, yeah, I was here first, but uh, people were quite determined in their native language and, t- and rattle it off that, you know, they were here and that was that. It was indeed uh, both uh, a rude awakening, but also it was also funny to to see it uh, and to experience it firsthand. I would laugh about it, but I would also be quite annoyed by it. And uh, I figured with time, if I'm going to live here, I'm going to have to gear up. Otherwise, I'm always going to be pushed aside. You know, you know, if you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. That's it. <laughs> You know, so, so uh, you know, you, you have to learn quickly because routine starts setting in if you are going to live in the country. I had to build my own routine. And how did you, uh, how did you gear up then to, uh, to get yourself ready for the next confrontation in the queue? Can you describe a particular incident where you, which you, where you came across this and you thought, oh, my God, what's going on? Uh, at, at the supermarket, actually, I had been buying some stuff at the Albertine at that time, looking at, at stuff, and then I turned around. I was paying, but I just turned around to try and see or look because I wasn't familiar with the products. And then the next thing, there was someone in front of me, and then I said, excuse me, uh, yeah, I was here. Look, you can see my, my basket and everything. They said, no, you were gone. I said, no, I wasn't gone. I was here just looking on the other side. They they just disregarded me and then continued and took their goods out and paid. And that was just a shocker. I was just dumbfounded. And then I thought, no, this is it. It's not happening again. <laughs> so, so And then I thought, no, it's a lesson learned. It's not going to happen again. You know, you're going to pay attention or you're not going to be pushed aside. I'm not going to take that. That's it. So, yeah, that was that one off. Okay, so a confrontation in the supermarket, that was... <laughs> that, that was that was it. But um, also, I thought, okay, you need to think about it. You must really still keep your cool. You don't want to create a scene at the supermarket. You might be kicked out, but don't be pushed aside. That's it. Okay, so no more Mrs. Uh, nice Guy. <laughs> no, just be cool. Be cool and make sure that you don't get pushed over, you know. That's it. That's Nandi from South Africa. These days, she's as cool as anything in the supermarket and everywhere else, having got to grips with the pace of Dutch life. I'm Sarah Bringhurst Familia, the public relations for the Expatriate Archive Centre. We collect basically stories. We collect the life experiences of expats all over the world from anywhere in the world. We'll be hearing more about those stories from the Expat Archive in a future podcast but Sarah now shares a story of her own. It's a kind of whoops moment. Prepare to cringe. Okay, so I have been in the Netherlands for almost two years, and I'm taking Dutch lessons, but I don't yet speak Dutch. 
or I should say I speak Dutch very badly. And uh, at times, Dutch, actually several times, actually many times, uh, Dutch people lecture me about the fact that I don't speak Dutch yet. And I'm always getting in these situations where, like even the other night, I was at a social gathering and uh, just chatting about something or other. And it, it came up that I had been here for this long and I don't yet speak Dutch. And she said, oh, that's, that's almost a crime. <laughs> Everyone should speak Dutch. <clears throat> and I, I, I guess I talked to other expats and they have similar experiences. that It's just hard to learn Dutch because Dutch people speak such good English. <laughs> but um, I think at times it can be a little bit... Um, Dutch people culturally are maybe not quite as warm as some of the other countries I've lived in, like Italy or Chile, where people just embrace you. And even when you speak really badly, if you speak two words of their language, they praise you to the skies. And Dutch people are a little more honest. <laughs> and so um, I was having, last year I was having kind of one of those bad expat days or weeks where you just feel like, oh, why am I here? Why did I do this? Ugh. And I was at a gathering of expats, and I was kind of venting about all my gripes about the Netherlands to this very sympathetic woman who also had an American accent, so I figured I was safe. And <laughs> um, at the end, she said, oh, let me give you a hug. And then she said, I'm actually Dutch. <laughs> I grew up in the U.S., but I'm also Dutch. And we're, some of us are nice. In fact, a lot of us are nice. And let me give you a hug on behalf of all Dutch people. So I, it was kind of a lesson to me that you never know and you shouldn't really gripe as much as maybe you, you want to, to anyone, but also that people can be so kind and so welcoming. That's Sarah Bringhurst familiar there, hoping that the ground will open up and swallow her. Next time in the interview podcast, which is the sister podcast to this story podcast, we'll be talking about volunteering in the Netherlands and how that can enrich your life. And the next story edition will be tackling Dutch directness. Please tell friends and family to check out the podcast too. It can be found in all of the usual places, the iTunes store and Android apps. Just search here in Holland. I'm on SoundCloud and Stitcher too. Of course, there's the website hereinholland.com and Facebook. And don't forget the Crowdsource Podcast Challenge. I want to be the first podcaster to be able to completely crowdsource an episode, so let's make it happen. Send me an audio anecdote via WhatsApp. 06 12 42 87. Or you can mail your story to hereinholland at gmail.com. The theme is Small Victories. Tell me the story of a small victory you had when you first came to the Netherlands. What was it? How did you succeed? And how did it make you feel about being here? Small victories are important in getting to feel at home in a new country. So why not share your story and let's make the first ever crowdsource podcast. If you're outside the Netherlands, why not take part too? Drop the zero from the WhatsApp number and add the international code 31. All the details of the Crowdsource Challenge are on the website hereinholland.com and all the details are also in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this Here in Holland story podcast, only the second ever. It would be great to give me a review in iTunes if you did or comment anywhere else. From me, Andy Clark, until next time, and thanks for listening. <laughs>